Hey everybody, welcome to the Throne and Home podcast. You're here with Alex and Sarah, and we are celebrating Christmas time Christmas in the Morales time. house. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Christmas is one of our favorite times of year. Yeah, absolute. I wish it was Christmas all the time. Yeah, you you are definitely one to celebrate Christmas anytime. Like Last year we went off on on a mini vacation and yes, Christmas in July we celebrated. <laughs> like and when we say we did Christmas in July, you decorated. Yep. Like we we went to an Airbnb that was really good with the whole family. You brought a Christmas, Christmas tree, tree, Christmas lights, yep. and we all the stuff. Cocoa. Yeah. And s'mores and it was fun. Yeah, but wrapped cr- up like pool floaties for the oh, kids yeah. and it was fun. Yeah, and. And we, we definitely love celebrating Christmas around here. If it were up to you, Christmas would start, the decorating process would start like before Halloween. Yeah. I feel like in previous years, probably maybe when the kids were even smaller, actually you'd think I would have less capacity to do that. I feel the busier we've gotten with older kids, the harder it has been Right. to... Like I still have half done what I normally do right this year, and well, this year the capacity is different. We, yeah, we've got but a just lot taking of other stock stuff. of like trying to return to what matters and like yeah. mem- like going back to memories of like what is like what is it that makes f- Christmas feel like Christmas? Yeah. And you mentioned to someone the other day, like I'm a big giver. Yeah, I like to give, and so it's. You know, interesting, you know, with our economic uh, climate, climate, everyone is in. And so it's not just us, but just, you know, it's different this year, but like kind of pulling back into what makes like, why do we love Christmas so much? And like, clearly we, we love it because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but like there, there's, it's a beautiful opportunity. I think I I love going into stores that you can walk down <laughs> any store aisle and people are singing, you know, uh, Christmas carols and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's this experience as a worship leader that I just yeah. get super filled up in the atmosphere of what's happening. And it's totally acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and what what I love about that part is, you know, you've got a worldly marketplace, let's say pre-believer, unbelieving store society right. that over its over its airways is proclaiming the truth of the gospel through Christmas carols. Right. And so you know, being able to partner with that. Now, I know that you, I joke around with you, I call you Mrs. Claus. Like, how did that start for you? Because I, as a kid, I loved Christmas. And then there came a point in my life where I actually did not like Christmas. And I identified with like Scrooge and the Grinch. And those were my favorite people around this time of year. And I've got stories to share about that. But what was it for you 
because this is as long as I've ever known you, this is who yeah. you've been. Like you are Mrs. Claus well, for real. I think that it goes back to like how, how we were raised, how our family mm-hmm. celebrated. Like right. it was big time. Um, my grand going to my grandmother's house. We usually never were there actually at Christmas, but it was such a big deal. And we actually have this traditional, um, it's a vintage Santa Claus. I think that the original in our family is probably like 75 years old. It's oh, you're old. talking about the, the tree topper? The tree topper. Yeah. Um, and I think my dad has it now, but there was just this sense of my grandparents were that way. Um, my parents were that way. And then honestly, we talk a lot about growing up in New York City, but my experience as a kid growing up in New York City at Christmas time. Um, our church did went all out yeah. for Christmas. And I'm like, how much, how much of that is because my dad was the pastor and right. we were all in. So all the cantatas, all the Christmas musicals, the mm-hmm. children's musical and adult musical and got to grow up and be a part of that. And so that actually, those experiences helped, you know, right. it, it's been a while since I've gotten to go see like a Christmas production. I'm like, I yeah. kind of want to see if I can find one somewhere just to, kind of feel that experience. Um, Now, I know here locally, I don't know if they even do it anymore. There was a church that did a Beatles-themed Christmas. It was called, like, Let It Be Christmas or something like that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, Um, I mean, where we live, you know, downtown area, like, they do it up. Tons of Christmas festivals and everything. I think making... we, We often say this in this podcast, especially with what you know throne and home is about and i think christmas right now like we talk about preparing him room and making space and i'm like this is literally what this is found true founded on it's like making room and making space and you know finding finding jesus in the inconvenient Mm -hmm. even in the busy in the um the harder times i've been very reminded this year that when Jesus came, like he didn't come to a five star, right. You know, hospital or resort with, you know, a bougie setup, you know, Mary, it was inconvenient. It was hard. And in all, you know, for lack of a better term, it, there, there must've felt like lack. Yeah. Lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, lack of what was going on. However, that's how, like, the creator of the universe decided to show up at a place where it was not going to look acceptable. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be convenient. They weren't rich. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't given in their assignment. It was not easy. Right. You know, Mary ha- having. Th- the faith to say yes to to that calling but also to be able to carry out like it's so you know put up on a pedestal and we revere it and but like if you think about what that actually must have felt like yeah um and so i think i've been just pondering that as we've gone about in preparations it's like hey it's not easy but neither was right that time and what is the Lord trying to reveal to Mm -hmm. us? And he's, he's always present. 
in wanting to reveal himself. And so, yeah, I know, I know for me this time, I, I get, I get pensive, I get reflective because Christmas wasn't always on the top of my list. You say that often. Can you explain? Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned growing up in the city, growing up in New York, uh, the, the, the atmosphere, the air, I mean, there's that chill in the air, you know, you can smell snow coming. Um, and you know, my parents, we, we weren't well off. I, I think the way I would describe it is we were middle-class poor, you know, um, and, and sometimes I think we were poorer. We were made to believe we were poorer than what we were. We just had a discussion about this with other friends and it seems to be that that was the normal. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. But, it was like one or the other. Yeah. But I remember my parents, my parents, they, they, they did sacrifice a lot. You know, my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad is a mechanic for American Airlines. And like, yeah, I remember there, there were times that were hard and my parents, they would sacrifice a lot for us. For me, I don't. I can't like put my finger on this is when it happened, but I know it was around high school where I just, I just disconnected with the true meaning of Christmas. I mean, you were talking about Jesus coming and Mary and yes, it was difficult, but the, but what it was unto and all of that. And, and honestly, I think for me, it, my focus shifted as to what Christmas was about. I, I saw this funny meme the other day. Um, I was scrolling through Instagram, and it was a picture of of the Grinch, Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah. And it said this. It said, it said, Jim Carrey, oh, sorry. It said the Grinch didn't really hate Christmas as much as he didn't like people, and that's totally understandable, yeah. right? It was a, a, an apology for the Grinch. It was a defense of the Grinch. And I think for me, there came a point where I just didn't like people. I didn't, and I'm I'm being completely honest. Like I didn't like people. I didn't like the people in my church. I didn't like the community I was around. And and I mean, I was to the extreme where, like I said, I identified as the Grinch. Yeah. I identified as Scrooge. Um, you know, people, people would be singing, you're talking about singing Christmas carols, right? People would start singing White Christmas, and it only intensified when I moved to Florida. So people would be singing like White Christmas, and I'd be mad. Like, you grew up in South Florida, you never saw White Christmas, why are you even singing that song? Like, that's how bad it was. Mm -hmm. And it carried on into my young adult years and even where when I was pastoring and in the pastor of my own church I would preach the gospel message of Christmas but there wasn't that joy there wasn't that excitement there wasn't that celebration for me um, people just made my teeth itch <laughs> yeah you know I and think- so I had a hard time really focusing on that. And the Lord really had to intervene. Right. Well, I think that, um, you know, a lot of times, like you were saying how, like, it's based in some form of disappointment. Right. Yeah. With Absolutely. With with people, with relationship. And there is a little bit of um, 
disillusionment yeah. that comes as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost it. like the magic is gone. You grow up with this level of magic around yeah. Christmas, this, this, you know, the, the twinkle lights and the dust and the fairy dust and right. all of that. I think that there's a, there's a book that I've read this, this past season I really love um, by Alicia Britt Scholey um, called The Night is Normal. And mm. she talks a lot about dis- disappointment, disillusionment. Yeah. Um, and disillusionment is actually a part of life and growing. It's mm-hmm. not always a negative thing. Right. Because it's revealing kind of the truth. Yeah. But I think that if we continue to keep looking and not walk away, that's a, a huge part of that book is she's like, if you would just cling to truth, cling to Jesus and let him reintroduce himself. Right. And I think that that's even in these seasons, mm-hmm. like, where it doesn't feel the same, right? It doesn't look the same. Being reintroduced to what what is and who God's want, and a lot of times we get disappointed because God's not shown up in the way He used to show up, right? And He's wanting to show up but a different way, or He is showing up and we're just not recognizing not how, he, how He is, right? And, well, and the King, yeah, being in you're, a manger. you're looking for yep. a big pomp and circumstance, yep. and He's in a manger, and yep. so maybe this year where you're looking for it to. Look feel a certain way. and be yeah. a certain way, and maybe if you're sensitive, like be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to say, "Okay, oh, but maybe He's over here." Yeah, maybe it's an, an, a place that I'm not recognizing. Well, you mentioned disillusionment, and I think I think that's what was my problem was I was disillusioned. But the word disillusion means to remove the illusion, yeah. right? An illusion is fake; it's not real, and and. And being disillusioned sometimes feels bad, right? But it can be a very good thing because you're removing the illusion of what really is a lie to expose and reveal what is true. And I know for me, um, I, I needed that to sort of get me back into the Christmas spirit, we'll call it, where it is hope and peace and joy and love. It's, although this isn't a Christmas song, you know, uh, the song, Here I Am to Worship, Light of the World, You Came Out, You Stepped Down Into Darkness, Open My Eyes, right? We're talking about the miracle of the incarnation. We're talking about what Christmas really is. And so the disillusionment had to be, or the illusion had to be removed for me and it came at a really good time because just then, once I went through my experience, I'll, I'll share a little bit about that. I meet you, who is totally yeah. You have to be prepared. For yeah, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord, the Lord was definitely preparing yeah. me for you in that way. Um, I read a book called The God Bearer, mm. um, and that helped to start to shift things. The God-bearer is written from an Eastern Orthodox perspective, right? So you have the Catholic Church, you have the Orthodox Church, and then you have the Protestant Church. Mm -hmm. So it's written from an Orthodox perspective. And honestly, it's very Marian in its content, meaning it focuses primarily on Mary as the theotokos, or the the Greek word theotokos is to bear God or the God-bearer. And it talks about how Mary... Having conceived, she was known in Scripture, the Greek word that's used is that, the Mm God-bearer. The point 
of the book was we are all God bearers. The moment that we have him living in us, we are meant to bear, to birth Christ before others. And that really started the shift where it broke down the, this, the illusion of what I was thinking about people and my experience of people, some of the disappointment I may have felt around certain things that happened in my life during those holiday moments and things, and it got me focused back on on Jesus, really, and being able to see Him rightly. And we talk about that all the time, that that's really what worship is. It's seeing Him rightly, and then the overflow, the the response when we see Him rightly is to worship. Yeah. And it started a shift. Yeah, I want to bring something up with that um, as you were talking about that, because I think as we begin to find Him, or we, we begin to see Him revealed even in in seasons of disillusionment or shifting or changing mm-hmm. or shaking as we've called it he's always there and he's yeah. always he's always wanting to be revealed and one of the things that this particular christmas season that has really like stuck with me um i was watching the chosen a few weeks ago yeah just on a, i think it might have been a sunday morning but it was really early i had gotten up really early and it was um, one of their Christmas special episodes where Mary is telling the story um, of her song mm. that she hadn't shared. Mm-hmm. And I kind of began to sit in the the reality of like in that moment where Elizabeth and Mary mm. were, you know, meet up and Elizabeth immediately knows, you know, John leaps in her womb and responds to the gift of Jesus right. and Mary. Um, and I just wanted to read yeah. um, Mary's song because we were just talking about a worship response. And I was thinking right. about all the joy and the Christmas carols. And I was like, this is probably one of the first ones. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, um, That's really good. I had never thought of yeah. that as being the first Christmas But this carol. song has kind of yeah. stuck with me over this, this season, even as things get hard. Um, you know, you and I, in our just in our personal uh, lives, we've just kind of just been. We our last episodes talking about th- thankfulness Think, and yeah. gratefulness, and shifting our perspectives, but letting our response to when God reveals Himself, right, um, to be like Mary. And so, um, Mary's song of praise. Um, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble state of his servant for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Mm. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And I just thought that was 
a really cool, beautiful, you know, response that I've just been kind of keeping with me. Yeah. You know, and that, especially there's a, there's a beautiful song that's written from this, but the beginning part is just rejoicing in God, my savior, you mm-hmm. know, he lifts the lowly, yeah. you know, remember he's done great things and, um, we know and don't want to sound, you know, trite or just rehearsing things we know, but you know, he is the answer. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's um, more than a cliche. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, all things, you know, from him to him. And so just keeping, keeping our focus, mm-hmm. um, in whatever season we are in as right. we're celebrating, you know, yeah. our kids are, they're getting older. And so I'm noticing the change of like, Oh, this feels different than yeah. the fun and the wonder of them being really little. Right. Um, but really trying to bring them back in, help right. them along in, Hey, as a family, like what this is all about. Right. Um, letting our response in whatever this looks like, because it, it doesn't look like as much fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a practical note as it might have in previous seasons. Even our kids are, are figuring that part out, but like, Hey, keeping them grounded in yeah. what um, this is really about. Yeah. How do you, so, you know, we're in the Advent season, right? Advent celebrating, moving toward Christmas, the coming of Jesus to the earth and all of that. And, you know, traditionally every week, you know, focuses on something different. It's joy, it's hope, it's peace. And those are really the central themes to this time of year. How, how do you, how do we personally, how do we maintain that as the main thing? How do how do we then take that for our kids, our families, right? Because I think, I think that's where in this season, even naturally us having some challenges and some just transitions and just different things, it can be hard to keep that central. So for someone who's listening, you know, who, who, who might be experiencing some of the same things, what would you say is like this is the key to really keeping those things at the forefront. Yeah, I think especially in the hustle and bustle and the busyness, it's very easy to lose track yeah. of all of those things. And I think when we talk about being presence focused presence presence yes. not presence presence jesus yeah. jesus focus Je- yeah. like keeping him enthroned keeping him yeah. central keeping keeping perspective mm-hmm. it is not an easy thing to do that yeah all the time right um sometimes there are going to be challenges and there's weight on the bar at times to what that looks like and really keeping keeping your peace yeah keeping um joy keeping um hope at the forefront um but i don't think that you can do we often talk about it in even secular environments i can't i may be wrong but i feel like you can't do it apart from jesus yeah no i really can't do it apart because he is he is those things right he's yeah it's 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 interesting I find that people will often 
and when I say people, I mean, especially in the church believers, right? God, I just need peace in this time. But the revelation and the realization that you and we have been united with the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to pray for peace to come upon us. We have to get the revelation and the clarity that peace is already in us, that we, in our union with Christ, that we are one with peace, right? And so I think it's, again, tearing down the illusion and and getting to the truth of, yeah, this time of year I might not feel peace, but wait a second, I'm united with the person of peace. Right. Let me shift into that. And, and you said we can't do that apart from Christ. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You can't. And he has all of that already there for you and in you. You just have to see that it's there whether it be hope, right? The confident expectation of good. You know, Christ is the embodiment of hope. He is hope on earth. And we have that hope inside of us. Joy, you know, that's one of the things I love about the chosen is I think that's the most joyful Jesus <laughs> depiction of Jesus that I've ever seen. And realizing that, no, he's the embodiment Christ himself is the embodiment of joy. And and we have all of those things already in us, and it's just recognizing that it's there and releasing it internally. I think that's a huge, huge thing for us to really wrap our heads around. When, when we start to get busy and sometimes forget those things, and I know for you and I, it's slightly different, as a mom, right, you you sometimes feel the pressure to have it all done, right, and 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 things. How, how do you talk to moms? How do we talk to dads? As hey, this is how you maintain this for your family, and translate that. I think, you know, for a busy mom, a busy busy parent, dad. Um, keeping our focus, keeping priorities, keeping, you know, I think even communicating Yeah. with, we say this a lot, communicating with your kids, communicating the process. Yeah. I think that's even good. with um, your kids in, I think part of, you know, there's such a focus obviously with family at Christmas time, keeping yourselves connected as a family the other stuff doesn't right. matter as much, really and truly. Um, but bringing your family along in the process. Um, a lot of times parents can just come to a conclusion mm. um, on their own, but then not not bring their kids along, you know, in that process. I think that one of the things that we've learned this year is that what we do and what what the Lord is teaching us isn't just for us. Right. It's part of our legacy and what we get to give away. Yeah. Um, so in all things as a family, it's not just you or I going through it. Right. It's all of us going through it and realizing that, hey, kids are affected. Mm -hmm. And that's where we as parents get to minister and educate 
um, you know, even if you're, you're in process and it's not pretty, there's a way to communicate to your child. Hey, yeah. mommy, mommy's just figuring this out, but reinforcing mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. Reinforcing love, reinforcing the presence of Jesus, reinforcing the things that matter. Yeah. Um, I think is a good key. I know for me, I've often had to go back to the Selah moment and just that pause and reflect and just shift my focus first before I can help our kids start to redirect them and those types of things. I just, I love that we can do this as a family, encourage each other, encourage our kids and then really step into that place of celebration then from that place where all the illusions are removed, all the expectations, whether perceived expectations put on us or expectations that we put on ourselves just sort of fall away and we're able to really just gather and just marvel and wonder the same way the, sh- the shepherds did, yeah. right? The same way that Mary did, the same way, you know, when the wise men appeared, they just they just marveled and wondered before before the king right. and stuff. I think I think that's just so important. Let me ask this question before we 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 go. You know what what is your favorite Christmas memory? Oh man, I have a lot um, that I can think on as a child, but they feel like just snapshots. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite Christmas memories was our first Christmas with Jude. Yeah. Um, he was about, he was only a month old, a, a month little old. month. And I don't know if it was just cause I was extremely hormonal pers- postpartum, <laughs> but it, I, I was very emotional that morning and you know, we got, we got together as a family of three and, how we did Christmas that year is we surprised each other yeah. with little gifts for Jude. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it kind of brought the fun because the baby doesn't really do a whole lot at that, at that no, time. There's no gifts he's opening up. No. <laughs> so they were kind of gifts for us, for him, but we had a lot of fun getting creative. Yeah. Um, and I remember praying that morning and Jude's first like real smile. Yeah. Um, right as we, we finished praying, um, and that year you got me a, a charm for my charm bracelet that said it's a boy. And it was, so it was very special and sentimental. Um, but I think there was a lot of even wonder and just sentiment in that particular Christmas that I remember. Yeah. I think for me, my, one of my favorite Christmas memories um, was probably as as a kid, you know, sitting in our living room and we, we do this as a family as well, but my dad would would assign us each to read a scripture, a portion of the Christmas story. And we would read, we would read the Christmas story out of every gospel. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we would read. Our family would have no patience. No. <laughs> Listen, we didn't, like, uh, we didn't have patience for it, but my dad really reinforced that. And so 
we do it all the time. My brothers do it with their kids. It's funny. Every Christmas morning, my brother Mike will text me and ask me, hey, what are the passages we're supposed to read today? <laughs> but we would read Matthew's account. We would read Luke's account. Then we would go to the book of Isaiah and read the prophet's account. And then we would close out reading John chapter 1, where the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's how... I mean, it would take 30 minutes. But but yeah, 30 minutes before we got oh, to we get... Oh, at the bit. Oh, man. Listen, I remember being a little kid we keep and just it, like... We, keep, we, we kept it pretty simple. We picked one. Yeah. And we read no, it and, 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 and prayed. Our family and, has now narrowed it down. And so we usually read Luke's account and then we're ready to go because our kids are ready to go. But I... I think that for me is uh, the most significant memory I have and one of my favorite memories because there were plenty of years we'd look under that tree and there could have been plenty or there could have not been, but we were together, our family was together, and it was just one of those things I always go back to no matter what was just, and it was my, I think it was my parents teaching us hey, this is the main thing. The main thing is Christ born. And so I love how one of the, and I always forget who it was. I know C.S. Lewis requoted him, but it's it's the saying that says, you know, Christmas is where the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of man could become the sons of God. And, and that to me, when I am all off, I, I send her back to that no matter what uh, I'm experiencing. And so for you listening, Merry Christmas, like we want to release hope. We want to release joy and peace over you and your homes. Let's, why don't we pray into that and just release that. So father, I just thank you. This is more than a cliche. You are the reason for the season. You are the hope, the peace, the joy, the life of this time of year. God, may we always be focused on you, no matter what we're we're facing, what we're dealing with. Father, and I just pray that this year, people would experience you in a new and different and real way. And so I just release that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.